Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to an exciting edition of Soap Laura. This season, this is a small season opener. Want to do a series on the one-hitter quitters, single season sensations, or the one and dones. Soap operas that probably should have lasted a lot longer than they did, but I digress. Yellow Rose is about a ranch in West Texas circa 1983. They're going through the growing pains of the old cowboy ways with the new cowboy ways. Do they want to bring in oil? Do they want to run drugs? Who knows? Guys, this one has everything. Pilot episode popped off. So today we're going to enjoy the delicious morsel from the best year ever, 1983. Yellow Rose starring none other than Sybil Shepard and Sam Elliott. When a mustachioed baddie finds his way to the Yellow Rose, more drama than seven episodes of Dynasty. I Quote me on that. The first seven episodes of Dynasty did not have as much drama as the first pilot episode of Yellow Rose. And of course, that's par for the course. By this time, Dallas has been out probably knocking on season four. Both Dynasty and um, Falcon Crest would be probably near the end of their second season. So NBC came out with a banger. They're like, let's put Sam Elliott. He was already a Western star at this point. Let's add sex. Let's add drug. Let's add human trafficking. So uh, dad being a rolling stone, you name it, we got it in the opener. Before we get into this season of this series, I want to talk to you about what Sam Elliott himself said about the show. Sam Elliott did an interview with Outsider Magazine, and he had a theory on why his Western TV show, The Yellow Rose, didn't succeed. Spoiler alert, this is a one and done, a sensational single season. Didn't work out for whatever reasons. We are going to watch 22 episodes and find out why. But according to him, this was in 2006, he says that the show was meant to be a Western drama. It should have been a little bit more like Law and Order, Something to that effect, but there were some new blood at NBC. And for whatever reason, probably because of all those Dynasty slash Dallas Bucks rolling in, they decided to turn it into a soap opera. And he was really, really upset about that because he wanted to tell the story of the changing of the guards. It's no longer the, you know, Texas was changing dramatically at that point. Of course, there was already oil, but he wanted to tell the story of Central Texas, Valley, Texas ranch that has been in business for years and years are starting to, you know, it's a slow decline, seeing how, how you can maintain that heritage. And unfortunately, according to him, they decided to make it a damn soap opera. Now, full disclosure, I don't know if he said that after the first episode or not, but the moment he read that script, when I tell you there's more twists and turns in this than I can count He knew what this was. And I think, I think Sam Elliott is saving face and he has a beautiful face. That mustache was, was amazing back then. He might be more of a mustachio baddie than Victor Newman to me. I said it, don't at me. Let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to explain the, the plot, which is very thick and the characters, which are interesting to say the least. So picture this. Sam Elliott hops off of a Greyhound. Back in 1983, I guess a Greyhound will drop you off anywhere because they pull up to the gates of the Yellow Rose. Huge ranch. We don't know how many acres it is. I'm only two episodes in. Don't know, but it's massive. Drops him off at the gate. He throws his duffel bag over his shoulder and he saunters about the half mile down the driveway 
just in time for breakfast. At breakfast, we meet the rest of the gang. Now, this looks a whole lot like the gang at Yellowstone. They've got one black cowboy. They've got a couple old ones. Everybody's laughing and kiki, and they have like a, a head guy who turns out to be a brother, but everybody's having breakfast. They're having a good time in walk Sam. After a police car comes roaring up the driveway. So immediately, you know, there's drama on the, on the ranch, only it's not really drama. It's this lady's boyfriend. The Yellow Rose is a ranch in West Texas owned by the Champion family. Now, let's start from the top. The Champion family consists of Wade. Wade is actually deceased, but he was a patriarch and he would have been the last of the old heads. He would have been the last of the cowboys before oil and whatnot started taking over ranches. The woman we meet, Colleen, she's one with the, y'all, as I stammer, as I stutter, you'll understand as the story progresses. Colleen was married to Wade, who was champion. So her name is Colleen Champion. She was 19 when she married him and he was 65. So we're going to explore a couple May-December romances here. Now, at some point in the previous month, Colleen had run into Chance, a.k.a. Sam Elliott. Ran into him at a rodeo or something, told him to come. If he's ever in Texas, look her up. She's got a job for him. Now, I think what she meant was... We're going to hook up. You know what I'm saying? All my nieces and nephews, cover your ears. Y'all know what I'm saying. She's basically like, if you're ever in town, hit me up. You know what I'm saying? And he does just that. So we got Colleen, who's the, the stepmother, if you will. She's a lady of the home. Colleen has a stepson, but it, it gets a little bit icky because Roy is now the new patriarch. He is one running the ranch. He is Wade's son. He is a divorcee. He has one kid named Wit who has a crush on a woman called Grace. Now, as luck would have it, Grace knows Chance from back in the day. It appears that she and Chance grew up together. So as Chance saunters onto the ranch just in time for breakfast, Grace, she runs a check wagon. She feeds everybody breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and probably snacks. She goes out with them if they're herding cattle. She does all the things, just like they do on Yellowstone. Only I noticed they don't really have a chuck wagon. I'm sure they do, but we just don't see it. So she's minding her own business, and someone sends Chase over to the kitchen. He goes inside, and she hears his voice, and she immediately is like, oh my gosh. Turns around, they start kissing. Here comes Colleen through the door like, oh, hey, you know, watching them. Keep that in mind. So the story is... Grace knew Chance from back in the day. They grew up together, so she knows his past. His past is a little bit sketchy. He has been in prison for seven years, and we only know that because now we got to jump back to the champions because of Kisto Champion. Now, Kisto's real name is Raymond, and apparently their dad, Wade, was a Rolling Stone, so he and Roy are brothers. I'm already getting dizzy. He and Roy are brothers, but they have different mothers, as do most of the champion children, from what I can tell. Now, Kisto's name is really Raymond or Ramon, but their dad, Wade, felt like if he's saying Roy and Ray, it sounds too close together, so they named him Kisto. Now, Kisto turns out to be the lawyer, the voice of reason. He's the heart and the soul, and he is proudly half Mexican-American. This is very important because... We can't dance around these sort of things. I'm never going to do it on the show. In 1983, and some would argue in 2022, 
people are very ignorant. And he is, I love how bold he is. A lot of times when you have characters of mixed heritage on a television show, they always make them confused. And I don't know what side is which. And he's like, no, damn it. I am a champion. This is my land. I'm also Mexican. So you better watch what you speak about my people. Love it immediately. Kisto immediately recognizes Chance from the prison rodeo circuit. He gives Colleen a little warning, but I think she doesn't care. She likes it, actually. All right. How many people we got left? There's a little girl called Elsie who would be Colleen's daughter with Wade. She's probably like 11, but of course, like I said, Wade, Wade is dead. So the living champions that we know about are Roy, who's like the, the divorce guy who's running the ranch. He's stressing about it. Kisto, the brother, lawyer, voice of reason, extension of race, Roy's conf- oh, Roy's consciousness. We've got Colleen. And apparently there's two other kids. I think it's Trey and Sharon, but they're off somewhere. So maybe they'll show up with this being a, a one and doneer. Maybe they were going to pop up in the second season. I don't know if they show up just yet. All right. So immediately we have the love triangle between Grace. That's the old, that's the homegirl from back in the day who knows Chance from wherever they lived before. And Colleen, who invited him there to be her dude. But remember that wailing, that siren I said that was flat, you know, the police were tearing up the driveway. That's Colleen's boyfriend, whose name is not important. He's not really in the show that much. So she kisses him immediately. You see that like in one of the first scenes. This is very important, y'all. All right. So there's trouble at the ranch. A coyote or some sort of rabid animal has attacked a half million dollar horse, half million dollar stallion, which isn't good because the ranch is already bleeding money. Now, Roy is off away. He's probably in Dallas trying to get a loan so that he can do other things with the ranch. And Kisto, knowing the uh, the dire strains that the ranch is in, has arranged a meeting with an old foe. Now, this guy, his name is Hollister. Now, Hollister has some sort of history with the Yellow Rose. It appears that he may have owned it at some point, or maybe his father owned it at some point and lost it in a card game. Does that sound familiar? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Lost it in a card game, and he's had a chip on his shoulder ever since. So Kisto's trying to convince Roy that, listen, I know dad didn't want us to put oil on the, on the, on the land, but listen, we have a lot of it. What's the harm in finding out if we have any oil? Roy ain't going for it. He wants to do it the old way. He wants to be a genuine cowboy and Kisto's trying to usher him into the 80s. There's another layer of suspicion that comes on. And I suppose that's the only reason they brought the deputy boyfriend in of Colleen's. Cause like I said, he's not really in it anymore. He's talking about this drug trafficking that's happening. People are crossing from Mexico, bringing in drugs, allegedly, allegedly. That's the story that he knows, which tells me right away, he's more of a clean cut guy. He's not in on the mess. But somebody is running people. Somebody's running drugs through the ranch. That's what they're thinking. So we flash to a scene in town. Now, back at the ranch, the deputy boyfriend is explaining to, who's he telling I don't remember who he tells, but he's explaining that they have a guy on the inside. There's a guy who's pretending to be a thug, but he's really a cop. He's really like DEA and he is, you know, giving information. So it shows the boyfriend at the, at like a bar at 9 a.m. They burst in, they start speaking broken Spanish. And one of the guys goes running and he like, for no reason at all, y'all, for no reason at all. I don't know if stunt work was starting to be a thing in the eighties, but this guy 
goes running and he does like a full on somersault through a screen door, rolls on the ground. Il na na na. The dude, the other cop comes running after him, shooting up in the sky. That's the informant. So I'm like, why did he do all that? What was all that extraness? You know, he tells them that, hey, I, you know, the guy, um, the cop pretends to frisk him. He puts him up against the wall and he pats him down or whatever. And the guy, um, the guy tells him, yeah, there's definitely a connect at the ranch who is helping people cross. Okay, so there is going to be this continuing storyline throughout the whole season. I can already tell where we need to find out if there really are drugs being ran through and how this is happening. I won't tell that part because it develops a little bit more, but it, it turns out that one of the guys on the ranch, one of the very faithful old ranch hands, he thinks he's just helping people cross into America. He doesn't realize, I guess I'm going to go ahead and tell this the first season, first episode. He doesn't realize that there's any foul play. He's just thinking, someone paid me a thousand dollars. They could have a better life here. I'm just going to hook them up a little bit. You know, he basically, he just basically says yes to the wrong thing, unfortunately. So he helps someone cross, but that night it's like the sheriff's already knew everything about it. So they show up at the border and they start shooting. And unfortunately, one of the cops gets killed. So now within season, excuse me, episodes one and two, they are looking for the guy who shot the cop. And they're trying to pin it on this guy, John, who works at the ranch. Like I said, he's a good ranch hand. He's been there forever. He's just a really nice guy. They're trying to pin it on him. So you've got the drug angle. You've got the rabies angle. You've got the oil angle. You've got the let's hook up with one of our old arch nemesis to see if we can get a little bit more money to do whatever. Now that night, the same night that the officer gets shot is the same night that everyone at the ranch is out herding cattle. I don't you know what it is. They're doing whatever they do on a ranch and wit. Now wit, just to remind you, he's a champion. He's a teenage boy and he is Roy's only child. Wit has a crush on Grace, who is, and I'm not being shady because we don't shade age here. None of that. But this woman, I'm sure she's like in her forties. It's kind of hard to tell. No, it's uh, no, let me be real. It's not hard to tell she's in her forties. It appears that they, meaning the costume designers and the directors, they wanted to make her look a little bit more matronly so that she appeared older than she is. You can tell they're playing down her beauty. They definitely are. And I guess it's because they don't want her to compete with Sybil Shepard, who is very, very sassy, very confident in her sexuality, very confident in her looks. And she and her are the only two women on the show thus far, with the exception of Elsie, but she's like 11. The son has a thing for Grace and he, he pretty much picks up on the fact that Grace has a thing for Chance and Chance also has a thing for Grace and Chance has a thing for Colleen. Well, that same night, Colleen is back in the um, in the house, in the main house with Roy. Now, Roy is stressed because he's been drinking all day. He didn't get the loan with the bank. He doesn't really want to put oil on the property, but he has to do something. Now, remember when I said that Wade is dead? He's definitely dead. But he appears in the show in the form of a huge portrait hanging over the fireplace. So there's a lot of Roy looking up at him, just kind of asking, Dad, what do you want me to do? And then you have Colleen who comes in, who observes this. And she has like a heart to heart with Roy asking, do you, re do you resent me? There's always been a little bit of tension between them. And she thinks it's because, you know, she was only 19 when she married him. That's really weird. Like your stepmom is 19. She married him and she wants to know if Roy resents her for taking those last years 
from him, from his dad. And he's like, no. And because he's all liquored up, he gets, he's bold. He reaches out and he tongues her down. They have, they share a passionate kiss right there in front of the fireplace. So if you're keeping track, she didn't kiss the, she got a boyfriend. She's waiting on Chance. Let's go ahead and spoil something. She and Kent Chance get together that night after this kiss. But she admits to Roy that she's always kind of wondered what it would be like between he and her. And she knows he's going to be embarrassed about it the next morning. So she doesn't play it up too much. The next morning, Roy comes tearing down to the where, where all the cowboys are, wherever they are on the property. And he wants to know who snuck off last night because a cop was killed. His son, Wit, who already feels a way about chance and you know with them knowing that chance did a bit in prison they they question him about it chance doesn't like it there's a fist fight he bounces blah 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 it's all straightened out by the end and we figure out that it's um john this indian fellow who was helping people from mexico cross when it all went wrong but the other piece of information we find by the end of this episode is that chance himself is also a champion Yes, that's right. Chance is also a champion. So now you have Roy, Kisto, and Chance all on the property, but only Chance knows that he's the champion. Grace knows that because she grew up with Chance. And Colleen figures this out. Well, she she didn't figure it out. Grace tells her by the end of the episode. This is all episode one. This is the pilot, which aired, if I understand right, it aired sometime in April, and then they uh, came back with the full show later on. But it only lasted the one season. But it seemed like a lot of information all at once. I understand that they're probably competing with the other soap operas at this time. And, and from what I understand, there were tons that did not make it. But so far, so good. I did go ahead and watch episode two, which was called Divided We Fall. And they're playing up the, the drug storyline a little bit more. I see, I can understand why Sam Elliott would be upset because I could see where it, if you replace the Cowboys with cops, it would make a lot of sense. Or if they were undercover in some way, it makes a whole lot of sense. But I'm going to tease you briefly with just some of the highlights of episode two. So the women, let's talk about the love triangle between Grace, Chance, and Colleen. It's quite obvious by the second episode that Grace has peep game. She understands that Colleen wants Chance and that Chance wants Colleen, but he's also teasing Grace. Grace has been exceptionally poised up until this point, and actually she remains poised. She is fully embodying her name. She's giving Grace to Colleen, knowing that this is a situation, understanding that this is a romance. And for the most part, Grace just tries to do her job and not think too much about chance. Only she is worried. She's worried of, of, of two things specifically. She's, un she's under the impression that he may or may not be there to enact some sort of revenge. She kind of feels like maybe he's running a hustle. Maybe he's going to do something like that. But then she is overwhelmed with all of these feelings from the past and never really having chance to herself. So I am watching this on DVD. That's right. I ordered the DVD. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. If you do, I implore, I just ask you to watch it. It's pretty good. It's very cheesy. It's everything you want in a good old fashioned sudsy soapy soap opera. But I'm watching it on DVD. 
Got it off of Amazon, came to the house super quickly. So, I mean, it's worth it. I may just resell it afterwards or drop me a line at soaplorepodcast at gmail.com and I'll send it to you. Yeah, just reach out, I'll send it to you. Once I'm done, of course, I'm not done. The drug storyline plays up. They introduce a villain. And of course, I'm going to leave that part out for this episode because I'm hoping somebody will join me in watching this. But later on in the episode, Colleen ask Grace about Chance's past. Why was he in prison? And Grace makes that she made a statement that the episode before where she said Wade would have done the exact same thing if he were in the position Chance was in. So I'm not going to wax too poetic here. I'm going to go ahead and read the quote or quote-ish. So Chance is invited on a horse ride with Colleen And they happen upon this quiet little spot on whatever river. I can't really tell where they're at. They keep saying they're in West Texas. But based on the topography, I can tell they're in like Central Texas. So I'm going to say like South Central Texas, the valley, like Del Rio around that area. I think I know they shot one or two episodes. All the town episodes are shot in Del Rio, but they could be anywhere. Texas is huge. You know what I'm saying? They could be anywhere in between. I don't know where they're at. Anyway, they happen upon this watering hole is what we're going to call it. So she jumps off her horse. She's wearing her leather chaps, all the mascara she could find and extra lip gloss. She knows what's popping. She asked Chance about his time in prison. And so he tells her, he says that he was married to a beautiful woman, married a half child, half wild, half country, half city, a girl a whole lot like Colleen. Let the record show. Sam Elliott is not a huge method actor. Sam Elliott is playing Sam Elliott in everything he does. So he spends a majority of this episode and the episode before with his head cocked slightly to the side. He is smirking and posing mostly. And he's saying it through that thick, luscious, beautiful mustache sitting on top of his lips. So he's like, yeah, my ex reminds me a lot of you, but she was restless. She met a guy in Houston. He had a lot of cash and a lot of flash. He also speaks in rhyme. I love it. Y'all know. You know, I love me a good rhyme. Okay. Has a lot of cash and a lot of flash. So I guess she got into drugs. He, He rhymes a little bit more, but I couldn't keep up. His wife. Fell in love with some guy in Houston who had a lot of money. They were living the fast life. He got her hooked on some sort of drugs. One night, the wife calls him because rich guy has gotten out of hand. She's high as all, whatever. By the time Sam Elliott gets there, she's dead. And so he commenced to beating the brakes and life out of said rich guy. Spent seven years in prison. So this paints a different light on him. He's not just a criminal. He was defending someone's honor. And you know how attractive that is. Well, this is all Colleen needs to hear. They get it on right then and there. They disrobe. Oops. Put, put the kids away. They don't actually disrobe. Actually, the kids don't need to leave. What they do is take off their tops because they're each wearing two or three shirts. And they just kind of hold each other standing up. And she's kissing him with her eyes open. And it's so weird. So I wonder about the chemistry between Sybil Shepherd and Sam Elliott. Either way, y'all. Does this does this storyline sound familiar? It indeed does. Not only is this Yellowstone 
somewhat. It's, it's basically any story that has to do with a man and a woman. Let's just get that out of the way. It's a story of every man and woman. That's that's a given. But it's also, it could have really been a very interesting crime drama if it were to play out the way it could have. In a couple of scenes, they talk to John, who's a Native American guy who's on the property, who's been there forever, heart of gold. He's he's taken into town to be questioned and they make a huge show of arresting him, partially because they want to. And by they, I mean the townspeople in the sheriff's office. I'm just going to say sheriff. Understand there's more than one sheriff or one deputy. I don't know the rank. They make a big show of arresting him as if he was the one who shot the deputy, which he wasn't. And it doesn't take very long into the questioning to realize that. But then you get all of the kind of racial undertones where they need to pin it on someone. And because he doesn't look like them, they really want to stick it to him. Now, Kisto comes in and this is where you get to see his heart a little bit more and how bright he is and how proud he is. So one of the sheriffs asks, you know, why he has to show up. And Kisto replies, I just want to make sure he's like, whoever did this is tried And I want to make sure that this man walks out of here alive because I know how you treat people who don't look like you. And one of the guys, he, you know, he, he kind of mocks him. He's like, oh, you're always reminding us that you're Mexican, la, la, la. And Kiso holds his ground. He's like, okay, but do you have proof though? And I'm watching this and I'm like, hmm, that is life imitating art for sure. He stood out to me a little bit more and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I'm like, is he being too dramatic? No, that's not it. He is giving me Robert Duvall from The Godfather. Have you ever seen The Godfather? Literally one of my, one and two. Let me be very, very specific. One and two are everything. But that was like Robert Duvall's character, Tommy. I can't remember his full name, but Tommy was sort of raised with the Colleones and he grew up to become their lawyer. And even though Kisto is a champion, you can tell that's that's like his his lot in life. So he's the one, he's walking around, he's revealing all this information. I can't really wait to see how that turns up later on. It's a soapy one, y'all. It's soapy. There's parts of it that are really, I was surprised by how endearing, especially those, that scene where he's defending John. He is defending himself, even though he really shouldn't have to. It's interesting to see his take and how kind of beautifully open he is with everyone on the ranch. I know that seems a little dramatic, but that's me. I I love how open and caring his particular character is. It is a shame this didn't last longer than it did, but I would like to encourage you to watch it. We're going to finish this out this summer with gas being way too expensive. I'm going to be spending a lot more time at home. So you'll get a few more shows than usual. Have a wonderful week. I will talk to you guys a little bit later because we got to catch up with Dallas. We're going to have a full on Texas on Texas week. I'll talk to you soon. Remember to keep all of your drama on TV.